Welcome back to Blake's Take. Hope you're all having a great one today. I'm back at you with yours truly, Blake Neiman. We have a whole, so, so much sports action to get into, so let's dive right into it. With Fernando Tatis Jr., the emerging face of baseball has agreed to a 14-year, $340 million contract extension with the San Diego Padres, securing one of the largest guarantees in American sports history and wedging himself to the team in which he quickly established himself as a star player. Tatis, who is only 22 years old, will receive the third biggest deal in baseball history and do so at a far younger age than Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, both of who signed their mega deals at 27 years old, which is five years after Tatis did. The dazzling shortstop, whose field work is perhaps better than his firepower at the plate, went to San Diego via a trade and is now the player around whom the Padres are going to build a team equipped to build a championship. The mutual admiration between the team and Tatis was clear enough that the Padres hoped it wouldn't be a mistake. And with a deal that will lock him up for nearly a decade and a half, though his age 35 season, through his age 35 season, the Padres convinced Tatis that a small market San Diego Padres team is where he belongs. Tatis joins Manny Machado, who is placed third base next to him, as the Padres with $300 million plus dollar deals. They, and they join New York Yankees duo Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton as teammates with such gaudy contracts. Machado's agreement with the San Diego Padres came before the 2019 season and was the turning point for the organization, which positioned itself as a great threat to the defending champion Los Angeles Dodgers, who happened to play in the Padres division, the NL West. San Diego blossomed during the pandemic-shortened season, with Tatis playing a front-and-center role after a dynamic rookie season that ended because of an injury. So, incredible deal for the Padres. If there was any player at 22 in MLB history that deserved this contract, it was a player like Fernando Tatis Jr. This guy is so young, and he has so much potential in his game, and he can take it to an even higher level than it already is, which is just scary to think about. With Machado and Tatis locked down long-term, the Padres' infield and offensive uh, offensive firepower ain't going to go nowhere. So not to mention their incredible pitching rotation and Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish, who they acquired this offseason. This Padres team is going to be really good, and this organization really struck out this offseason, got deals done. I truly think they're going to be one of the best chances in the MLB to win a championship with all of these deals that they've got. And they got both of their star infielders locked long-term, and they at least have incredible star pitchers for a while that they have the chance this is their year to go and make a run to take down their California Southern California rivals in the LA Dodgers. As far as NBA, we got a potential NBA Finals preview last night, minus many key pieces in KD, AD, and Dennis Schroeder, but the show still went on. Kyrie and Harden got cooking early on a 13-4 run in the first quarter to take the early lead. Then in the second, Mr. Joe Harris was getting buckets with several three-pointers in the quarter to take the 11-point lead at the half. But before the break, LeBron went to the free throw line and hit his first shot on the free throws and surpassed the 35,000 point career mark. James becomes only the third player in league history to reach the 35,000 point mark, joining Kareem and Karl Malone. 
Uh, Abdul Jabbar tops at the most with 38,387 points. All Malone is second at 36,928. As it stands this season, James would need a little more than 3,300 points to catch Kareem. In every season of his career, though, James has scored at least 1,500 points and has gone over 2,000 points in in a season 10 times. So at the very minimum, LeBron would have to play three more seasons scoring 1,500 points, and he would easily pass Kareem by doing that. So shout out to LeBron continuing on his path to take the all-time scoring crown. LeBron ended up finishing with 32 in this one, but it wouldn't be enough to stop Harden's playmaking abilities and Joe Harris's lights out shooting. The Nets go 18 for 39 from the three, while the Lakers only went 8 for 30. Yikes. That's a 24-point difference right there. Nets get the 109-98 victory and extend their winning streak to five games, four of which have come on the road. So still an exciting matchup, but we can't always see the two heavyweights. Hopefully, we can see them battle full health in the 2021 NBA Finals. As far as other exciting NBA news, both Western and Eastern Conference All-Stars have been announced with both KD LeBron, and LeBron being named captains of their respective conferences. James and Durant will pick their respective teams from the remaining 22 All-Stars on March 4th, at March 4th after getting the most votes of any player in either conference. The players joining them in the front court will be from both conferences went as expected, with Durant being joined by Giannis and Joel Embiid in the starting pool for the East, while James will be joined by, of course, Kawhi Leonard and the Joker Nikola Jokic. In the back course, however, it was a little more contended and a little more controversial. Golden State Warriors guard Stephen Curry obviously came out on top in the voting there, while Dallas Mavericks guard Luka Doncic tied with Dame, hometown hero. We were hoping he would get an all-star starter spot. Doncic finished second in fan voting, but was third behind Lillard in both media and player voting. That being said, though, Doncic would end up being the pick for the start because of fan voting, which made up 50% of the voting while the players in media only gets 25% each, and that was the ultimate tiebreaker. Dame's still going to be an all-star, just won't get the starting spot. Still the most underrated player in the league. Oh my goodness. And now onto the East, Washington Wizards star Bradley Beal, the NBA's leading scorer at 32.8 points per game, got one of the starting spot after being controversially left out of the team last year. It was his first starting nod in his uh, in his career as an all-star. The other starting spot went to the Nets, obviously Kyrie Irving joining his teammate in Kevin Durant. Lakers forward Anthony Davis and Clippers guard Paul George finished 4th and 5th, respectively, and then in the West, voting the Utah Jazz spider Donovan Mitchell finished fourth among West guards. While in the East, Jason Tatum and Miami Heat forward Jimmy Butler finished fourth and fifth in front court voting, respectively. While Durant and Irving's teammate James Harden was third, Chicago Bulls guard Zach Levine finished fourth, and Jalen Brown, who finished second in media voting, landed the fifth spot. So the remaining 14 All-Star spots will be determined by the coaches from both conferences. They will vote for seven each from the East 
and the West over the next few days with the results being announced on TNT on Tuesday night. So make sure to tune in to the rest of the All-Stars to see. So we are going to have an All-Star game. It is looking very promising that we will. It's just it is not going to be open to the public. It, it will only be private people attending the game. And But it's hopefully going to be broadcasted on many, many spectrums so people can watch this incredible game because you just heard those listen names. Seeing those players play together, that would be amazing. So I, I can't wait to tune into that. As far as NFL, big trade going down. The Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to a trade quarterback, Carson Wentz, to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 22 second-round draft pick that could turn into a potential first-rounder. The Eagles received the 85th overall pick in this year's draft, and the conditional second-rounder can become a first-round pick based on Wentz's playing time. Wentz needs to play at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps for 2022 contentional pick in order for it to convey into a first rounder. The pick also could become a first rounder if Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps and the Colts also reach the playoffs. But the worst is the 2022 pick could be is a second rounder, meaning the Eagles are assured of netting two value picks for Wentz. The Eagles will take at least a $33.8 million dead cap hit, the largest dead cap hit that any team has ever taken for a player while the Colts will assume the balance of Wentz for a $128 million extension, including the $10 million guaranteed roster bonus on March 19th. Each team walks away from the deal with what it wanted to get across all fronts. Wentz will be re- reunited with Colts head coach Frank Reek, his offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, and will help him fill that void left by Phillip Rivers' retirement, while the Eagles are likely to turn Jalen Hurst into their starting quarterback, and but they will also try and bring competition to him to keep him healthy and competitive. But the Eagles' job is not is up for grabs right now, but as far as it's looking, it's going to look like it's going to go to Hurts. Reek, who has been Indianapolis's head coach for the past three years, was Philadelphia's offensive coordinator for Wentz in his first two NFL seasons in 2016 and 17. With Reek at the helm, Wentz will take the reins of the Colts' attack that ranked 10th in the NFL in total offense and 9th in scoring last season. The Eagles signed Wentz to a four-year extension worth $128 million, signaling their belief that in a long-term answer at the quarterback position. But the relationship soured during the rocky 2020 season, during which Wentz ranked 34th in the NFL in completion percentage and first in interceptions with 15 and sacks 50. 50 sacks. Oh, my. Wentz owns the franchise single season record, though, for completions with 388, a completion percentage of 69.6, passing yards with 4,039, and passing touchdowns in 33. So before this season, he was doing pretty well, and before he got injury prone, it was looking very, very promising. He also is, all, not to mention, he's in an elite category with being only one of six quarterbacks in NFL history to reach 20-plus passing touchdowns in 10 or fewer interceptions in three straight seasons, joining Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Yes, Carson Wentz is a part of that group. So personally, I believe the Colts won this trade. Based on the relationship between Wentz and Reek, Wentz will be transformed into the elite player he once was with the same coach that helped him go 11-2 before an injury, and ultimately, he still got a Super Bowl victory. 
so I believe in Wentz, and I believe in the coaching staff that the Colts have. I believe that Wentz is completely just in Philadelphia. I feel like the coaching relationship between the quarterback and the coaches, it was just too off. It was just not a very good relationship for Wentz. He was frustrated because the offensive line wasn't doing well in Philadelphia. Yes, you could argue that he holds the ball too long, but an offensive line should not give up 50 sacks. That is not due to someone holding it that long. And then you compare it to the Colts. They gave up 19 total sacks. So they literally, the Philadelphia Eagles gave up twice as many sacks over that to Wentz. So I believe that Wentz will be more protected in the Colts offense. He will have a weapon if T.Y. Hilton re-signs there. He is a potential free agent, but if he re-signs, he'll have more elite weapons there. They have an elite run game, so take the pressure off of Wentz sometimes that he can just hand it off. And I think this is a really good fit for Carson Wentz. I think it could transform his career. And I hope the same thing can happen for Sam Darnold in the Jets. I would like to see him to go to a new new environment because, you know, a new environment can make all the difference in reuniting with former coaches that you've loved and have transformed your life. That can make a, all the difference in well, your success as an NFL player. As far as local sports, we finally have all-around good news in college basketball with both the Beavs and the Ducks pulling off the victories. Starting off with the Beavs, who were looking to bounce back above 500 in their game against Utah. The Beavs were sure bounced back in this one with a 74-56 18-point victory over the Utes. Ethan Thompson had 25 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds, while Worth Altisi added a career-high 19 points with 9 rebounds, 4 blocks, and 3 steals for the Beavers. The Bees really pulled away in the second half of this game with a massive 23-2 run with a pair of dunks with 13 seconds apart that made it 55-39 with just 8 minutes left. Thompson scored 9 and Rod Gee and Delia had all 7 of his points during the run. That huge run and outstanding defensive effort by the Bees with 12 steals and 8 blocks really pushed the Bees to victory. So great win for the Bees, great adjustment by the Bees defense coming out strong after the poor performance by Obos offensively and defensively in against ASU. So I'm so happy that the Bees fixed up their defense. They're looking elite with that 12 steals and all those blocks. They're looking really good in the defensive part right now and ho hopefully they can keep that offensive performance just like Thompson did. That was an incredible 25 point performance. Very impressive. And all the rebounding. It's all around great chemistry right now. Working together to scrape around and get the dub and get the boards, get the steals, and may just make this team an elite force trying to get back in it. They are now on a five straight win streak at home. So I look forward to what they will do. On to the Pac-12 showdown between the three and the four seeds with Ducks taking off the CU Buffs in a game where neither team had a double-figure lead. The Ducks took a 55-53 lead, though, with 151 to play when 50% free-throw shooter Chandler, Chandler Lorson made a pair from the free-throw line. It's hard to believe a 50% free-throw shooter can make that, but... Sometimes you're just lucky. After a Colorado miss, Oregon ran the clock down before Richardson made a spinning floater in the lane with 101 to go. Richardson scored 5 of his 11 in the final minute and a second of the game would seal the deal for Oregon in this one. Chris Dar scored 18 points and Eugene Almirayo added 13 points for Oregon as the Ducks extend their winning streak to 4 games. So great win for the Ducks, establishing themselves now as an elite force that they are known to be in the Pac-12. They are they have been a top 
10 top 25 teams in the past, and they are looking to push forward, trying to pass UCLA for that top spot in the Pac-12 and looking to win this Pac-12 tournament and come into the NCAA tournament with a solid seed. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. I know that was a lot of sports action to take in. The Wentz trade, the incredible deal by Tatis Jr. He's going to be a future incredible player. Uh, he's a young star. I, he has a bright future. And the incredible gains by the Bees and the Ducks in basketball aspect. That's great to see. And, of course, the All-Star game. That's always exciting. So all around great sports action today. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, please subscribe if, if you're new. I would appreciate that. And if you could smash the like button and it'll help spread these videos and get these uh, out to other people who would want to enjoy this take on all the incredible local and national sports that we have going around in these hard times. So hope you all enjoyed it. I'll see you all tomorrow, and you have a great rest of your night.